Hey. It's the Bojack Horse Friends. Hello, welcome to Bojack Horse Friends. It's been a little while. We have missed you. Yeah, I've missed I've missed me. Oh, I was to- sorry, I was talking to the the audience. I didn't miss you. No, obviously. Yeah. But you missed But I you. did miss me. Good. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's been a while cuz I've been working on my the sis, my, th- my my thesis, that's how cool could say it. And you've been busy doing a show. Yes, and I lost my voice and got really sick when we were meant to record after we did that um the filler week, which we thought would buy us enough time to actually record something, but alas, we failed. Yeah, because that's just that that's that's showbiz, baby. <laughs> that's that that's showbiz. <laughs> that's the way the cookie cr- crumbles. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> But we're happy to be back. We're happy to be back. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, so for those of you who are listening for the first time, why? What a weird place to start. Um. <laughs> we're the BoJack Horse Friends. We talk about uh, the Netflix original series BoJack Horseman episode by episode, and we are now up to episode seven, which is called "Say Anything." I can only assume it's named after the band that were big in the early two thousands. Who did that song? Uh, what is it? I, ca- I I called you on the phone. Oh no, it's called "Wow, I Can Get Sexual Too." Do you remember that song? I I do not, but it does sound like the exact kind of song I would make a huge effort to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that goes, "I called you, I called her on the phone, and she touched herself." <laughs> oh. You don't remember it? Oh no, no, but it does. It does sound like a Grammy award-winning tune. That's a real banger. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Is it by a a rock band is it like a rock song or a pop song it's a rock song i think they're actually like a punk band and they had that like you know how sometimes punk bands do like an ironic song and they get really big off it yeah 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 i think it was one of those times wait so why is the episode called that though i actually haven't figured <laughs> that one out the only thing i can think of yeah. is that it's named after the 1980s film say anything which is the one where the guy comes with the boombox. And he, like, stands outside the window. John Cusack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it will be because that's a Cameron Crowe film. Oh, uh, is and it? And they reference Cameron Crowe and he's in it. And then the, at the beginning of the episode, he's, like, outside yeah, the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I'm 99% sure that's a Cameron Crowe film because I was reading the other day that John Cusack really, really didn't want to do that scene and Cameron Crowe had to really fight to get that scene in because of how much John Cusack didn't want to do it because he didn't like the scene. Really? And then it's become one of the most iconic... Like, I've never seen the film and I know that scene. Yeah, true. It is. It's. A, I've never seen the film either. But it is a Cameron Crowe film. That's yeah. so funny. I thought it was uh, uh, that guy who does all of the 80s films. John Hughes. John Hughes. Yeah, I thought it was Yeah, him. I always thought that scene was from a John Hughes film too, actually. I don't know how I got Cameron Crowe out of it, but it makes sense now with the name of the episode. It does make sense. Ah, look, everything's falling together. Look at that. I've got weirdly specific nerdy film knowledge from films I've never seen and didn't even know I had in my brain. I'm glad that's what's taking up space <laughs> instead of like intelligence or intellect. Hooray! Yeah, who needs <laughs> intelligence when you have obscure film trivia? <laughs> when I have John Cusack holding a boombox. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about Say Anything. Uh, before we do get into it, uh, segment alert from last week, last time. Yes, it is... Uh, 90s sitcom child actors what do they do now do they do anything let's find out let's find out so last time you talked about uh what's his face yes that one guy. exactly exactly what's his face <laughs> i can't actually remember his name either the one that played mark on home improvement <laughs> yeah, i've already kinda... forgotten he was a vegan uh, though and he date, married someone way older and true that was it yeah not not the strongest start but i do believe no. i have a pretty good next part for this segment okay we're gonna be talking about the one who played 
the oldest brother, Brad. Brad. Yeah. His real name is Zachary Ty Bryant. Was it Zachary Ty Bryant? I already thought. I always thought his name was Zachary T Y Bryant. <laughs> no, I know. I did as well. But then, you know, in my diligent research, I discovered that he is Zachary Ty Bryant. I assumed his his middle name was actually short for thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he's actually quite interesting. He he was acting until about 2009. The biggest role that he had was uh, Clay in Final... No, not Final Fantasy. Oh, that Fast and cool. Furious. I just put FF. Uh, but no, it was Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. He had a role in that as a guy called Clay. But his most recent credit is from 2009, a sci-fi original movie in which he played Thor in... The Avengers. No. <laughs> he wishes. In Thor, colon... Hammer of the Gods, <laughs> and I I watched some bits of it, and it is truly terrible. To be honest, Zachary Ty Bryan's acting is not the worst part of it. There are some much, much, much worse actors in it that are But, but uh, is, saying, is saying that Zachary Ty Bryan's acting isn't the worst part of the movie a compliment to him, or more of an indictment on how truly Definitely an indictment is. on the movie. <laughs> Definitely. Because the clip you sent me, I was like, is this a porno? <laughs> <laughs> it's somehow like... It's somehow, you know, sci-fi original movies, you got like Sharknado and yeah, like yeah, that yeah. vibe. Yeah. And that's like, okay, it's so ridiculous. You can kind of handle it. Yeah, yeah, Hammer yeah. of the Gods feels like they're genuinely trying, but haven't escaped that shitness. It, it strikes me as a film that even Tara Reid would have turned down. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2009, since then, he basically he's been a producer. In 2007, he married his high school sweetheart. Aww. He is the father of three girls, Aww. two of whom are twins. And just last year, they had a boy. Has he called the three girls Mark, Randy, and Brad? <laughs> uh, yeah, he did, actually, which is a real surprise. And the her first word was, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> You guys enjoying these home improvement references? <laughs> oh, more to come. Uh, he is also an avid Bitcoin enthusiast. What what makes one enthusiastic about Bitcoin? Is it just Well, he you... mentions it in his Twitter profile. So his Twitter profile reads... Founder of some nonsense things. Founding investor of some other things. And then it, it says, father of four cryptocurrency. Father of four cryptocurrency. Yeah, it says father of four cryptocurrency. Uh, I think it's <laughs> supposed to be father of four, comma, cryptocurrency. But or, it's still not really a... Not just really saying cryptocurrency doesn't really have any impact. But he does tweet about it a lot. Oh, and okay. uh, the, the other thing in his profile is, the biggest risk is not taking one. Oh, wow. Did he... Did he come up with that? He must. I mean, who else could have possibly? No, I've never heard that before. What? Say it again. The biggest risk, risk is not taking one. Wow. Hold on. That's just. Could wow. you write that down? That's really sitting yeah. with me. That's quite. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second most powerful thing he said after Father of Four cryptocurrency. It was his birthday recently. He was born on October 9th in 1981, and he is an avid, like a really, really avid Trump supporter. No way. Yeah, yeah. Here's his latest tweet from two hours ago. Okay. It says, The feminist movement in a nutshell. Feminist, quote, men are trash. Feminist, quote, women are equal to men. Oh, so he's a fucking cockhead. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, he's a cockhead cryptocurrency, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, when I was researching this, it was a while ago. Yeah. But I have some key key tweets that I thought would be really worth mentioning. This is really exciting. I'm really looking know, forward to hating on this guy now. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, quote, uh, this is him. I'm quoting him. Okay. The world is awash in debt. And the only thing that can keep you dry is hashtag Bitcoin. Oh, there you clever. go. Because wash, he used, because he, what he's done is dry. he's cleverly incorporated the hashtag into the tweet rather than having it yes. separated from it. So if you have a lot of debt, invest all the money you have into Bitcoin, is what he's saying. And that's the only way you can solve that, as far as, as, far as I can tell. I did actually six months ago invest $100 into Bitcoin. Did yeah, you know how that? much is that worth now? $100. Oh, shit. So that, I mean, you're not really worse making. Off. I mean, yeah. what do you think yeah. about it being the only risk not worth taking? <laughs> I can't even remember what the fucking saying was. <laughs> he also says herd immunity is the cure for the coronavirus. Everything else is election meddling. Yeah, I said it. Oh, he he said mm, it. He said he it. He said it. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, everything else is election meddling, like, you know, saving lives. How many how many followers do, does he have out of interest? Oh, that's a great question. I should find that one out. 700 and... Oh, no, sorry. He has 10,200 followers. Fuck me. I know. I know. Another one. Don't be afraid to be outnumbered. Eagles fly alone. Pigeons flock together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Wow. That's, that's the last one. The last one. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and this was a reply yeah, yeah. to someone. Let me just figure out who. Okay, so this is a reply to Michelle Rappaport. Okay. Are you familiar? No, who's Michelle? I know Michael Rappaport. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Michael Rappaport. Yes, oh, Michael so Rappaport. He's an actor from like Boston Public, the school yeah, show yeah, back yeah, in yeah, the yeah. 90s, which was fucking great. So Michael Rappaport tweeted, Happy Mother's Day. I hope you're a better mother than you are a first lady. You're useless as a first lady. Literally, at Flotus, hashtag MILFs. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's not a great tweet. No, like, it's, it's not, not. It's not. The message is sort of derailed by the delivery. Yeah, it's like hashtag MILFs at the end, really. But anyway, uh, Michael Rappaport, fuck you for that tweet. But then uh, ZTB, as he goes by, uh, he says... Is that his yeah. Twitter handle? Yeah, yeah, that's it. At ZTB. ZTB. Sorry, ZTB. He says, so in response to this, this little bitch represents some of Hollywood and it makes my blood boil. Michael Rappaport, you are trash emoji. You think you're tough with your little accent, but let me tell you something. You wouldn't last an hour with me down home. Come sometime. I'll show you how to hog tie. American flag emoji. Bicep flex emoji, another American flag emoji. There, there is so much to unpack from that tweet. I would appreciate it if we could go through it line by line just quickly. Yeah, Can for sure. Go again, please. So this little bitch represents some of Hollywood and it makes my blood boil. Okay, does it make his blood boil because Michael Rappaport, however washed up, is still more of a Hollywood influence than Zachary? <laughs> <laughs> let's find out. So we see how many followers Michael Rappaport has. Let, no, let's do that. 510,000. Oh. So just 500,000 more. Oh, so, hey, hey, Zachary, put Michael Rappaport in your butt and smoke him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. And what's, okay, what's the next line? At Michael Rappaport, you are trash emoji, trash can emoji. Oh, you're a trash can emoji, yep. 
It could be a basketball net emoji, but I'm pretty sure it's a rubbish bag. Uh, rubbish bin. Does that work? Michael Rappaport, you are a slam dunk. Maybe he's complimenting him. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and he says, you think you're tough with your little accent. With your little accent. That's the line I wanted to. So what? <laughs> is he? What? So I don't even what, know what, what Michael accent? Rappaport's accent is. What, what's a little accent? Is he from Boston? Is that a little? Is that known as the little accent? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A little because it's you know beans are small and Bostonites love beans. Uh, so uh, is it is it that's... is it an actual fact or are you? No, Bo- yeah, I mean be- Boston beans. It's like a famous thing. Oh, okay, and is that why they call yeah. it a little accent? No, I've just made that up. Oh, see, I'm again. I've got this Cameron Crowe knowledge, but I have no idea if you're being honest about <laughs> stuff. He's attacked his his little accent there. His little accent, and then he yeah. says, "But let me tell let me tell you something." Oh, please do tell just... me. He's, he's flinging out slang now. Lemmy, L-M-L-E-M-M-E. Oh, You've got to keep that tell character you, countdown. Right. Let me tell you something without the G. Yeah, of course. What a waste of, of time putting a G on the end of it. Absolutely. You wouldn't last an hour with me down home. Not down home. <laughs> no. <laughs> Up home. Or if we're out sometime at, at like Denny's, yeah. you probably last an hour. Be but fine not down home. Down home? Down, down home. home. Not, with that, not with that little accent. <laughs> and then he says... <laughs> Come sometime. Come sometime. C O M E, not C U M. Oh, okay. Uh, so he wasn't having Just to him. be clear. No, come sometime. I'll show you how to hog tie. What? See, that, what? Is that a threat? Or eh. I'll show you how to hog tie. Does he mean he will hog tie Michael, Michael Rappaport? Michael Rappaport. Or does he mean real men know how to tie a pig? <laughs> I mean, probably both. I don't know. American flag emoji. Okay. Flexing bicep emoji, another American flag emoji. Do you know if you had just sent me that tweet, the first thing I would have thought of would be this guy's a Trump supporter. Yeah, I know, <laughs> eh? Like, he doesn't really hide it. Like, no, it's, he it's really very, doesn't. Uh, yeah, he's very proud of his Trump support. He almost seems like he might be a bit of a conspiracy theorist as uh, well, because yeah. when you start to look through some of his stuff, you get a lot of the sense that he is kind of on board with the america sorry hollywood is full of like you know pedophiles yeah, and yeah, yeah. like that that QAnon kind of stuff so yeah yeah and trump's the messiah to save you know kids from pedophilia and yeah yeah exactly um out of interest like has since that burning tweet has anyone checked in on michael rapaport to make sure he's all right <laughs> i could email him now oh i can direct message him be like hey man like, we know ztp really got you there yeah, man, <laughs> is everything you know, okay it, 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 call us converted after such a fucking burning tweet from from brad from home improvement <laughs> uh, well, that's, yeah, so. that's, okay so so far out of the two we've covered i'm i'm team mark over team brad yeah, oh 100 percent. yeah 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 I do want to send you something as well. So uh, I, this is a picture of uh, Zachary Ty Bryant. You're sending it uh, to me now? Yeah, just on Discord. Okay, hold on. Oh, he's wearing an anonymous mask and a Lakers hey, sure cap. sure is. Yeah, and a bandana around his neck. Oh, and, a, and no shirt. And obviously, why would you wear a shirt yeah, if you're ZTB? I mean, the Lakers cap is enough of a statement, but if, you, <laughs> mate, if, you've, if you're waxing your shoulders, which he clearly is, why not? You've got to show them. So the anonymous mask really sells it to me, to be honest. Isn't anonymous like some originally like quite a left wing? Uh, anonymous are quite libertarian, I think. Oh, uh, libertarian, yeah, 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 yeah. That like you know, 
but I don't know, they're, they're kind of anarchist as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Who can tell? But who people, tell? and I'm guessing that I can quite happily assume this about good old Zachary, he probably has very little understanding of the anonymous mask or the movement itself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He, he probably just thought, that's really cool. Now that he's, now that I see this photo, this photo, Ben, and he is wearing a Lakers cap, I do think he was saying slam dunk instead of rubbish to Michael Rappaport. <laughs> it's quite possibly, now. yeah. He really <laughs> loves Rappaport. Maybe he wants a one-on-one b-ball game and then afterwards they'll um, slit the throat of the hogtied pig and have a good old spit roast. Yeah, yeah, that sounds lovely. Zachary, if you if you are listening to this, just um, a real warm fuck you from me and Ben. <laughs> <laughs> a, real, a real stinky, a real stinky sit out in the sun hot fuck you. <laughs> and, and how dare you Attack Michael Rappaport. <laughs> He's a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> what was that show? Uh, he did. He did do a. Um, wow, we're spending a lot of time on Zachary and Michael Rappaport today. Um, well, ZZB has a lot of a great, a lot of great stuff to to, to talk about. I what was know. that sitcom Michael Rappaport did after Boston Public though? And he like talk, he had like it was a, it was a real sitcommy sitcom like Gary Unmarried sort of vibe, but with oh, Michael good Rappaport. Question. Um, Let's Google him and find out. Uh, well, there's Boston Public, uh, The Practice, no, no, The War at Home. The War at Home, that was it. That ah, was it. interesting. Ran two seasons. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. 44 episodes. The show depicts the daily lives of Dave and Vicky and their three children on Long Island, New York. At least that's an original concept. I reckon, I reckon. It's about time America churned out some unique content. Dave is a middle-class... Jewish insurance salesman. He is often portrayed as insensitive and cynical, and sometimes as paranoid, overprotective, and hypocritical bigot. Okay. Uh, Wow. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. I do want to watch it, but I won't. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Rami Malek was in it. Well, I think we've just stumbled across what our next podcast is going to be about. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you guys are tuning in to the Michael Rappaport friends. <laughs> Rami Malek is a, is a main side character on it. No way. Yeah. All right, we should probably talk about Bojack Horseman. That's what we're here for. Uh, in theory. So yes, episode seven, Say Anything. Interesting episode. Like, I really enjoyed it. It was funny. It was it was kind of, you know, had some deep moments and really set up. Was was probably the big setup for Princess Caroline. Yeah, it was a very Princess Caroline-centered episode. Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. No, I'm a such... I, as soon as the episode ended, I, I said to Michelle, my wife, I was like, I'm such a big fan of Princess Caroline. And she yeah. was like, you say that every time you watch the show. And I'm like, well, like <laughs> I consistently love her. <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all. Princess no, she's Caroline such an amazing interesting character. and well, well-performed and well-written character. Totally, yeah. And so, yeah, we start off with Princess Caroline giving her, one of her patented, awesome pep talks to Bojack Horseman. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that Zachary T.Y. Bry- uh, Ty Bryant would make his Twitter profile. Yes, yes, he would say this to himself in the shower. In the shower? In the mirror. Uh, Possibly in the shower. I imagine he's got a shower mirror so he can look at himself while he touches himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she's saying, you know, you are a, a goddamn national hero or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out she's talking to Bojack Horseman, who is lying on her lawn and he's just coming around from like a two-week bender yeah, after yeah. finding out Diane was getting married. Then he's like, 
uh, please tell me I wasn't driving drunk. And she says, no, you got Todd to drive for you and then made him drink with you as well. <laughs> and Todd leans out the window and they're like, wait, this isn't a Carl's Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's quite interesting, the, the drunk driving talk in this. There are some times when bad things happen when he drive drunk, drives drunk, but for the most part, he does get away with it, which yeah, is a he little does. bit kind of... Uh, but also, I think it's mostly talking about the way that people with money and status and celebrity will get away with these things. Yeah. Because he is Bojack Horseman, he can get away with driving drunk all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know how prevalent drunk driving is in Hollywood or anything, so... No, I don't have any, any random stats about American drunk driving really? stats in my head. No, not on me. I've Honestly, I'm at full capacity at the moment with um, all this <laughs> new information about Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I kind of wish that he did. I kind of wish the drunk driving thing went somewhere. But maybe that's just because we're, we're in New Zealand and drunk driving here is such a huge problem. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that they, they glorify it, but they do sort of deal with it in a pretty light-hearted kind yeah. of way. And although that doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, it's not promoting it, but given that they deal with so many other topics with the maturity that they need they do sort of brush over drink driving quite a lot definitely it's n it's not dealt with properly i just i just remembered D did you want to do like our overview because i haven't written one. Oh shit i didn't write an <laughs> overview either should, should, should we, we just like make one up improvise let's both improvise you go first and then i'll just copy yours okay bojack horseman is decided that he is actually secretly in love with princess caroline after having his heart broken by Diane getting married, although realistically the only person he loves is no one because he is an empty inside. Princess <laughs> yeah. Caroline's struggling as an agent. Her agency merges and she has to work with her nemesis. Uh, she, her and Bojack have a try and rekindle romance, but eventually realize that it's all just completely wrong. And there's some stuff about films. Herb Kazaz phone call the end <laughs> you sort of you started with quite Strong. full sentences yeah. and then you just sort of ended up with bullet points and gave up <laughs> yeah i did yeah uh, your turn go um okay. Do better. Uh, bojack's a dick with addiction problems he uh should try and fill the void in his life when he realizes that diane's getting married to peanut butter transfers that love to princess carolyn only to fuck her over again as he always does Todd gets a bourbon job made for Bojack, acts like a dick, and then the story sets up Herb Kazaz for the next episode. Yeah, that's good. That, that was much better than mine. Well I done. never do good ones. Why am I suddenly... I just wanted to, to do better than you. <laughs> and you did. Well, you beat me. <laughs> I have to be defeated. Yeah, cool. So as we said, we start with uh, Bojack. He's been on a two-week bender, and... Princess Caroline goes back, goes into work, and she finds out that her agency is merging with another agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Vanessa Gecko is introduced, who voiced by Kristen Chenoweth, one of my favorite all-time actresses. Princess Caroline's like Vanessa Gecko, that slippery, slimy, cold-blooded, bug-eyed, and a human walks in, and it's yeah. Vanessa Gecko. <laughs> and I, I just really like that. It's such a silly gag, but it's really good. And they do that a couple of times because also Cameron Crowe is in this episode oh, yeah. and he's a raven. Jokes. Mr. Witherspoon is also introduced, who is the head of Princess Caroline's agency, yeah. voiced by Stephen Colbert. Is that who? I, I, I saw yeah. Colbert's name in the end credits and I was like, who did he voice? 
Yeah, I know. It's quite interesting, actually, because it doesn't sound like him. He does no, quite a good job of putting on a, a putting on a voice. Do you know that character as the boss character? He's so dismissive of all his employees, and it got me thinking. Like, what is the worst boss you've ever had? Oh, okay. The worst boss I ever had was when I was working at uh, the department store in yeah. New Zealand. I won't name it, but some people call it Tewari Fare. But you used to work at Farmers. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one, the cheap one. I had this this boss who was, he was like one of those guys who was like like the cool boss, you know, like in terms of the fact that he was nice yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was he was like uh, amenable, but amiable. Sorry, is the word I'm looking for. But he also was like a real stickler for the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he'd be like, you know, tuck your shirt in and like, oh, you can only play CDs that are oh, that was great. When I was working there. Uh, I was working at the music counter and I could plug my iPod in and listen to kind of whatever music I wanted to as long as it wasn't sweary. And I would do that. It was like one of the perks of the job working in that department. And then one day he came and he was like, you're not allowed to play any music except for top 20 anymore. The company has its own top 20 CDs. And so I was like, oh, okay, sweet. And so I went and got like the most offensive top 20 CD that I could popped it on <laughs> like all this horrible swearing uh and he was like you can't play this and i was like you said i could play anything in the top 20 and he was like okay you can play whatever you want as long as it doesn't have swearing i was like uh, oh, thanks <laughs> so he was just kind of what, one of those what's dicks. funny is that we both used to work there at different ones before we knew each other and i eventually yeah. ended up working on the music counter too and remember being told to only play the top 20 and so i oh. just used to play a lot of james blunt <laughs> <laughs> My options were pretty much James Blunt or U2, and I will pick James Blunt over U2 any day, personally. As I would, yeah. It was uh, it was either that, like, essentially what they wanted you to do was play Now That's What I Call yes, Music on repeat Yes, I was about day. to say that, but there's only a certain amount of times I can listen to Blue One Love before wanting to kill myself. <laughs> that's zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, one day he... Uh, I came into work and they were like, oh, the boss isn't here. And I was like, what happened? And they were like, oh, he had an accident while he was out mountain biking and oh. broke both his arms. And so he was off work for a little while with both of his arms broken. And uh, although it was, you know, sad thing happened, whatever. It was one of those moments where you're like, you're at home and you're like, I wish somebody could just have enough of an accident that they would recover, but it would be quite a long time before I had to see them again. <laughs> Do you know what you should have done, Ben? You should have snuck into his hospital room with a CD player and put on Now Volume 4 on loop (laughs) and then snuck out again. And he would have just sat there with his broken arms, just experiencing (laughs) the torture that he brought on himself. He was bashing at the the, uh, radio with his his casted hands. So he was, he was really, like, he was just, I just, he really frustrated me because he had, like, he was, he was friendly, but he was just such a stupid stickler for the stupidest rules yeah, and yeah. i was i wasn't a bad employee i mean at the end i was a bad employee yeah, yeah yeah but for most of the time i was there i wasn't particularly bad did i tell you about the time it was probably seven years ago now that the company that i had worked for and no longer did sent me like lawyers letters about defamation and tried to take me to oh court. yeah yeah definitely yeah yep. just really briefly so i worked at a, a bowling center who were really bad at like paying us on time and were really bad to their employees and i did a public post about it on facebook afterwards and they took this personally and they like hired a lawyer to like threaten me and call me and all this stuff and um my ex at 
at the time, well, my, my girlfriend at the time, she wrote like a 12-page letter, like completely pulling apart their argument, and they never contacted me again. <laughs> it was quite satisfying. Yeah, they sucked. Yeah, that was probably the worst people I have ever worked for. Yeah. At my, during my end of time at this place of work yeah i had finally finally managed to get another job because uh, yeah, yeah. i finished uni and i was stuck working there like i worked there part-time over uni that was fine whatever i finished uni i was stuck working there full-time and it was just miserable soul destroying like you know i'm not a particular fan of capitalism in general and working at this like department store uh, for the most part was okay but then you know they'd come and they'd be like you need to sell credit cards and i was like no i'm not doing that you need to be sell like, credit cards yeah they tried to convince me to like sell credit cards and they were like your contract says you have to do anything requested of you that's reasonable and i said i don't think that's reasonable the people who shop here are generally lower income i'm not going to sell to them credit cards like that goes against my morals yeah yeah and i got in a bit of trouble for that one you can't you're not allowed morals like the worse paid you are almost the less input you're allowed to have on how you do your job yeah and then there's like this thing that it goes up the other way where you, you the less morals you have the more money you can make yeah and that's but, <laughs> what we just done <laughs> there of... is describe capitalism oh, we have it's good yeah that's a good point put that in so... the tweet zachary oh zing 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 <laughs> uh so at the end of my time working there i kind of just was sick of taking people's shit like i was yeah. just done with it and for example one guy came in and he was like i'm looking for a 12 gigabyte flash drive or thumb drive or whatever you want to call it and i was like well that's not a thing we don't they don't really exist you know because uh storage doubles so we have four eight and then 16 no but he wanted a 12 bin did you not hear him <laughs> i said but we have 16s and you can put you know all the data that you need on a 12 and you still have like a few gigabytes left over and the, the, this price or whatever and he was like no 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 i need a 12 gigabyte flash drive and i said no, well they don't exist they're not a thing really and he was like oh they are i i've, I've seen them before and i was like they're not they, they don't exist and he got like he's starting to get irate and he was like you can't tell me what to what you know you don't know anything about this stuff blah 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 and i was like i've worked here for five years in this department i know what i'm talking about you know i've spent all my life with technology there's no such thing and he was like you know what i'll just go somewhere else and get it there and i was like good luck they'll tell you it doesn't exist either <laughs> and he kind of but stormed off for what need would you have for specifically a 12 he was just bike. being stubborn he was just being a like customers always right piece of shit yeah, male Karen. yeah and so anyway he he must have complained and a few other people complained so i got called into the office and they were like ben we've had a lot of customer complaints from you we know you've handed in your notice and you're due to leave in like three weeks tell you what we'll just pay you for those three weeks and just don't come into work. <laughs> just, what? just go, please just go. And I was like, oh yeah, great. <laughs> Thanks very so, much. So the moral so, of the story is if you're a little bit of an asshole, it works out. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just enough. Just enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why I don't work in retail anymore. Well, one of many reasons. <laughs> one of many reasons. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, back to the show. Back to the show. So speaking of uh, bad bosses, um, Mr. Witherspoon tells them that 
there's a merger. Some people are being fired. For the main, meantime, they're going to have to share an office. There's a sign up as well because some people are getting fired and some people are getting hired. Obviously, one sign says "Welcome new employees." And the one next to it says "Good luck redundancies." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also says, you know, that's okay. I've got you this this new intern. His name is Charlie Witherspoon. Oh, no, Charlie Witherspoon! He's completely useless. Voiced by Raphael Bob Waxberg, the creator oh, of BoJack Horseman. I love him. That's the creator <laughs> of the show. Yeah, yeah. So that's quite fun as well. You know, the terrible boss with the nepotism coming in and making sure that their idiot nephew gets a job. They're both frogs. They're both frogs. And Charlie's hands stick to everything. And when he answers the phone, finally he goes, Telephone! Um, so yeah bojack goes crawling back to pc after giving up on this bourbon ad that she got him Uh, todd takes over the bourbon ad the urban german guten bourbon ad he goes back to pc and says i love you and she says you're not in love with me you weren't even really in love with diane you just think you are because you pay her to listen to you talk about yourself yeah that's such an accurate (laughs) description yeah and he gets he's like i don't want you to forget about me so i've got you a live cardboard cutout of myself with me motion activated saying lines from your favorite movie jerry Maguire." <laughs> he's like and then later on later on they walk past it and he's like todd how do i turn this thing off oh don't worry i think i've got it now i can practice playing the trumpet <laughs> the tuba <laughs> Um, and I like how the movie that PC's trying to get cast is um, the Ava Bronze story directed by Zach Braff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, do you know Ava Bronze, one of those names I always knew but didn't know? And then I Googled him and I was like, Hitler's wife. Okay. Slash niece. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I like how yeah. they're like talking about how they want to do the Ava Bronze story because they've always wanted to do a romantic comedy. <laughs> Uh, Quentin Tarantulino. What I mean, the thing that I thought was quite interesting about this is that a lot of it is about Princess Caroline's work-life balance. Yeah, yeah. And how she's, you know, she feels like she's given up her personal advancement for her career advancement. And then she's got Vanessa Gecko who has kids and is still working full time. And at one point, you know, Vanessa Gecko says, oh, this thing happened, but it turned out you had to leave work early. And PC is like, I left at 8.30. So that, that idea of what is work-life balance? This concept that I think is actually comes from a place of real nonsense. So <laughs> in the 1950s, you know, we had very much, and since the Industrial Revolution, really, we've had this like nine to five kind of thing. And then slowly uh, we had rules come in about how long people could work and then, uh, you know, unions and holidays and sick leave and all this stuff has kind of come in to protect those things. But I feel like recently it started to come undone a lot and probably not in small part thanks to the tech industry where people are expected to work ridiculous hours and the idea of work-life balance has kind of merged. Work and life has kind of merged and they're just like, you know what, just love the work you do. And if you just love work, then that's, you know, it's your life. And so, you know, that that's that's how you succeed now. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wondering what your thoughts are on that concept. Um, I've always, like, had this uh, enormous guilt if i ever take time off work yeah is that what you asked me sorry i sort of i, I missed what what was the so, now, so my question is like what do you think about the idea of work-life balance and that like work should be work and life should basically be converged these days yeah yeah oh, i'm with you i think it's a weird concept especially for us 
you know, who try and make a living out of our passion, you know, as actors and writers and stuff, because it's, it does make a sort of murky line. What I like to do in my spare time is what I also want to do for my job. Yeah. And so that becomes sort of this thing where like, <laughs> where is my, where does my work in and when does my passion begin? Yeah, I thought there would be more content for us to talk about with work-life balance. Yeah, I, 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 I sort of didn't have much. I, I feel a bit bad. You, you set up a great question. I missed it. And then I sort of was like, <laughs> I have very little to say, actually. That's fine. So, so uh, Bojack drops Princess Caroline as his agent so that they can date. Vanessa Gecko picks her, him up and she says, it's great, this way now I can date you and have a better agent. And I think one of my biggest laughs in the entire show comes at that around that moment as well, which is when the birds come in. Oh, I love like, the scene. Yeah, I made note of this as well. You wouldn't want to have these photos slip out, would you? And Vanessa Gecko is like, oh, well, actually, all those photos you took were illegal and blah, blah, blah. So you need to leave. And then one of the birds runs and tries to jump out the window and smacks into it and falls it's, down. It is, that's probably <laughs> the most I laughed in the episode, to be honest. I had a good, so like, proper good. chortle at that joke. So they go out on a date and it is, you know, Bojack's on his best behavior. And then they're like, let's go get gelato. It's one of those moments where if we didn't know better from the first six episodes, we might fall for the, oh, Bojack's being really lovely and genuine things. You know, but by now we as the audience are so wary of that behavior because we know that A, it doesn't last and B, it's often coming from a place of disingenuous, disingenuous, it's, it's often bullshit. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> disingenu- dis- disingenuity. Who knows? So uh, he goes out, like, he's like, I'll go get the car and meet you out in a second. And he goes out and he gets a call from Herb Kazaz, uh, played by Stanley Tucci, one of my favorite actors, two of my favorite actors in this episode. Uh, so he's like, I got your message, asshole. If you've got something to say, me, say to me, come and say it to my face. And so her because as, as we know, has ass cancer and has something, there's like some history between them and we never, we still don't really quite know what it is. Yeah, yeah. So we're about to find out and it's kind of building that up a little bit, which is pretty exciting because that's a great storyline. So Bojack, after he gets that call, is like, oh yeah, sorry, no PC, I was just being ridiculous. Obviously, I don't have feelings for you. Uh, bye and then he leaves her at the restaurant by herself in front of a in front of a fountain with an elephant with its penis out pissing into the mouth of the crocodile (laughs) so it's taking the whole squirting a trunk thing that he's pissing in the mouth of the crocodile (laughs) the subtle humor that one vanessa gecko shreds bojack's contract and then Princess Caroline has to do some real clever stuff and she goes to Kate Blanchett and says you your favorite novel let's make a movie out of it and goes to talks to cameron crow who is actually a raven or voiced by kevin bigley and says we will uh yeah i've got this this suffragette city movie for you to do and he's like i'm totally in then she goes back and kate blanchett's dropped out of the ava braun film that vanessa gecko had taken from princess caroline so she can do the cameron co movie and i love when she gives the the script the suffragette script to cameron crow the the like subtitle of it is a coming-of-age story about rock music being a teenager in the 80s and buying zoos, which is like <laughs> three Cameron Crowe movies. <laughs> and so naturally, he's immediately, you know, really into that. And that got me thinking, do you know, I can, I struggle to find something in terms of a film that interests me less 
than a movie where Matt Damon buys a zoo. Do you know what? There was no part of me ever in my entire life when that came out that thought, I kind of want to watch that. I was like, oh, a new Cameron Crowe film. <laughs> I got to see some really trash movie trailers, like some really, really yeah, yeah, terrible yeah. movie trailers. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? That looks like kind of, even though it looks kind of rubbish, I'd, I'd happily watch that. But like the zoo movie? Yeah. What uh, was I, that? Like, I, I know I've never, and I don't know what it is about him, but I have never liked Matt Damon. And I know he's not a terrible actor or anything, but there's just, I don't really like watching him act. And when you combine that with the storyline of buying a zoo, um, you, you know. He's a good I, person. <laughs> he's a really don't... nice person, Matt Damon. He's a lovely person, and he is a good actor. Like, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I just got no but, interest in him. I just, yeah, like, there's something. Like, maybe it's the Bourne Identity movies that kind of put me off. Maybe it's know. because the way Team America parodied him always is stuck with me. <laughs> Which is really unfair, because he's actually super smart and super nice. Yeah, yeah he uh, really If you is, listen to his but, interviews. But fuck you, Matt Damon, for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I still take him over ZTB. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. And so we get one of the the greatest cuts, I think, in this in this show in this episode, which is Lenny Turtletaub saying, uh, "I'll say to you what I said when I saw the Great Train Robbery." Ah! <laughs> Do you know the film The Great Train Robbery? No, I don't. Well, I've heard of it, but I know nothing about it. Okay, so it was the first movie. Yeah. In 1903, and the 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 legend is that. You know, they had never seen moving pictures before. And there was a, this movie and the, the train was coming right at the screen. And people freaked out because they were so taken in by this black and white grainy train coming at the screen. And they all screamed that it was going to happen. Uh, yeah. So that's the joke there. He's like, oh. Oh, yeah, the great train robbery first movie. So uh, 1903. So that suggests that Turtle Taub is extremely old. You know, Turtle. also the first lead role that a train has ever had. Yeah, that's true. And now look at them. They've got their own TV shows. They've got everything. Thomas, there's the, the yeah. Orient Express. Oh, they've come a long way. The Polar Express. Trains have really come a long way since the dawning of film. That's true, yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, considering considering all of the challenges that they have had in the recent years with with cars and... <laughs> with cars? Jetpacks coming in to try and take over. Um, gondolas gondolas yeah both the sky ones and the canal ones. and you'll notice that when gondolas came out there, there was a huge drop in roles that were available for trains in film it was tough you, you know what i think is really sad is that you know the, the best roles for for trains are actually not until they're older <laughs> the, you know a lot of the young trains it's just about how good they look and how kind of sleek they are but yeah, yeah. if you want a really meaty train role you got to they have to be a bit older which i think is really sad it says a lot about the industry hey should we um should we stop this terrible joke <laughs> i think we should i'm really i just want to see how long we can go though <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, we really derailed the conversation. Uh, 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 I was getting a little steamy. <laughs> so Princess Caroline's like, I've got you a film role. And Bojack's coming back from his visit with her. Gazaz, and Which like, we don't yeah, see. We don't, we we don't, don't know see. what happened there. And Bojack says to PC on the phone, he says, I've just come back from seeing Herb Kazaz, who has cancer, which is a whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> which is fair. That's a true true comment. Yeah, uh, and he's like, just I don't even care anymore. Nothing doesn't mean anything. Nothing means anything anymore. Which is kind of like really like one of the darker moments 
for Bojack and like quite serious and some really mm. good voice acting. Yeah, yeah. And sets up what I think is the beginning of the real meat of this whole show we start to really see the serious side of this show starting to come to fruition yeah yeah it's really it's really fascinating to watch bojack just go dark not like go on a bender not like go extreme just go numb and dark and will only it does you, you know i know you mentioned the voice acting but he does do such a good job to distinguish between because bojack has a lot of depressive behavior and some are much more like grounded in things that are genuinely affecting him and some are, yeah. you know there's so much nuance to the way he, he does the voice that you can tell when something's really genuinely affecting bojack and when it's more surface bullshit and it's so totally. you know that's such a testament to the good voice acting definitely and i know we've said you know right early on that like will i doesn't reach far for the voice but in terms of his acting of the character, he is so, so good. Yeah. Which we've said a hundred times, so we don't need to say it again. No, but can we just have a little moment where we reflect on the fact that it's such utter bullshit that the show's never won a Emmy? Oh, okay, yeah, we do need to talk. We, we, we miss the Emmys. Can we talk about how the fact that fucking... Like, I like Rick and Morty. Same. Like, you know, you, you're probably a bigger fan than I it am. It had two really, really, really strong seasons. and then It did. Two really good seasons yeah yeah unlike bojack horseman it wasn't as, it wasn't consistent no. from the beginning to the end there was a lot more dips in rick and morty than there were in bojack yeah horseman. agreed when you re-watch you're like i'll watch this episode this episode and these episodes it just it blows my mind that the the, the art that that episode of bojack was that yeah, had yeah. From halfway down oh. was beaten out by Rick and Morty's Vat of Acid episode. A really cool, funny, well-written episode. But the view from halfway down, to me, pushed the boundaries of what you expect from an animated TV show full stop in terms of depth, creativity. And this is what I think the problem is with the enemies. If you look at the history of who's won, you know, like The Simpsons and um, Bob's Burgers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they have certain expectations of animation. There's a, a certain amount of ludicrousness, certain amount of like whimsy and and jokey jokey haha yeah yeah and they if, if it that doesn't exist within the series or the, the the episode that they're watching i think that they tend to put it push it to the side yeah yeah true like drama just doesn't ever win the emmy for animated series i, w I would love to know who the people are behind the animated series emmys like i yeah, would love true. to know who they are and to people who are listening, I'd be interested to know, because a lot of people who watch BoJack also watch Rick and Morty, because they are adult cartoons to a very high standard. So I wouldn't be surprised if most of you know the two episodes we're talking about. What do you think about the view from Halfway Down, which was the finale of BoJack, uh, losing out second. to... Was, was, it the second, was it the penultimate? Mm -hmm. um, the penultimate episode of BoJack losing out to the Vat of Acid episode, which I don't even think was the best episode of that season of Rick and Morty. There's plenty of conversation online about it, but like most of what I've read has been, BoJack Horseman should have won that. <laughs> so yeah, 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 like, yeah. I'd be super interested to hear from somebody who's like, no, actually, I think Rick and Morty did deserve it, and here's why. Yeah, yeah, 100%, because it's easy for us to go on a BoJack Reddit and just get echo chamber feedback on what we think which mm. we love doing because it validates our egos. But um, if, if you think that of Acid was a genuinely better animated episode, let us know. And why? Please, please. Yeah, so that brings us pretty much to the end of the episode. And the end of the episode is probably one of the most heartbreaking moments of TV. Princess Caroline's phone ticking over and saying, Happy birthday, Princess Caroline. 
you are 40 <laughs> like after all of this horrible stuff she's gone through like and like the fact that vanessa gecko spends the episode talking about having a fourth child on the way and how being a mum has actually made her career better and she says to princess caroline how many kids do you oh how old are your kids again <laughs> and like so much of it is just building up this this picture of you know how hard things are for princess carolyn and then she lets herself be vulnerable for bojack who then fucks her over like she knew he was going to and then it all ends with her 40th birthday reminder from her phone yeah it's a it's it's hard and the, that's something that you'll come to recognize with princess caroline episodes as we go through is that a lot of them are her indomitable positivity and her spirit and her effort and counterpointed by this dark sadness that she has yeah but she always always pushes and it's like that difference between her and bojack or even her and and diane in some ways in that she never lets the sadness overtake her she's always kind of looking for the next step and that's not to say you know like obviously mental health issues are complicated and not always easy to overcome and maybe princess caroline doesn't really have strong mental health issues but she definitely has like dark thoughts and sadness and desperation that she certainly overcomes every single day she's always always putting in an effort in the effort to to be better and it's not always easy for her and sometimes she just wants to give up and go and have a have gelato with an old flame. Yeah, yeah, and put her feet in the water and feel like she's yeah. actually valued by someone other than her clients for the work she does. Yeah, really powerful character. And I think that's why I like her so much. She's not a sad character. You know, she has sadness. She's rich in her in her life, but she is so powerful as a woman and really owns her life and i think that's really awesome and i think also that outlines you know as you mentioned about mental health and stuff is that she does constantly refuse to let whatever she's dealing with beat her and in stark contrast bojack constantly chooses to be defeated by it and you can't compare one person's mental illness struggle with another but she does consistently try and not be defeated by it, whereas Bojack constantly allows himself to be defeated by it. And he becomes such a frustrating aspect because he puts it on everyone else who are doing their own shit to get by. And he expects everyone else to fix it for him when he's not willing to do even often the bare minimum to make self-improvements along the way. Yeah, exactly right. It's so interesting because I can totally identify with Bojack and princess caroline because i have those days where i'm just like you know i can't do anything and i've been that self-destructive person and found it really hard to overcome that but i've also then become something more than that where i'm you know i let myself feel the anxiety and i let myself feel the depression and then once i'm kind of found my way to a point where i'm feeling like i have some positivity i push that positivity as far as i can go rather than sabotaging it and then falling back into the depression and thinking like oh well this is always always where i was going to end up anyway like Mm. it doesn't even matter that it's my fault because this is always going to happen yeah yeah well then that's interesting you say that because at the beginning of the episode um there's a line uh, before you slip back into an oh so predictably bojack spiral of self-loathing and substance Mm. abuse 
I've got yeah, nowhere to go with that. I just thought <laughs> no, it, <laughs> it, it, sums, it sums it up nicely. I yeah, think yeah. it's a good point. Uh, so I don't know. I think we should finish with a, a tweet from Zachary Ty Bryan. What do you I think? I think that we would be remiss not to round up what has been not a hilarious episode, <laughs> um, but a, a lot of thought provoking stuff and a lot of Zachary. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Thanks, ZTB, for your <laughs> terrible, terrible english accent in thor the hammer of the gods do check it out don't pay for it because he might get something but uh, here we go you ready for a little bit of inspiration i am so so ready to finish this podcast recording on a high with zachary <laughs> ty Bryant. not every day is a good day make the best of it anyway not everyone will tell you the truth be honest anyway not all you love will love you back love anyway not all deals are fair. Play fair anyway. And if Michael Rappaport says anything, threaten him with violence. Absolutely. I think that's the <laughs> most important thing we take away. I love people that do that shit, eh? Share all this, like, pseudo-profound bullshit. <laughs> then you scroll down to the next tweet, and it's like, fuck you, Michael Rappaport, you sack of shit. If I ever see you, I'll fucking cut your throat like the pig you are. And then the next one's like... Be kind to everyone, even if they hurt you. <laughs> I don't say be kind to everyone, even if they hurt you. So I can say, fuck you, <laughs> you sack of shit, without being a hypocrite. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's been a good episode, I think. It's a, like, I really love this episode. I think it was so worth talking about. Yeah, and yeah. I'm super looking forward to our next episode, which is when we get Herb Kazaz come in. I'm looking forward to talking about cancer, actually, which I know uh, sounds weird, but, but you know, you I have, have, a, I have a, a bit to say about. have a understanding of that as well, which I'll yeah. be interested to go into a little bit with you. Um, so another hilarious episode lined up on the horizon, guys. Um, um, I promise to do some jokes. Just want to say thanks for sticking in with us over the last month where we haven't gotten the content out that we wanted to. We would have, we would have loved to have gotten it out, but at the same time, we don't want to not be able to do it with our hearts and and minds in the right place. And we are again. So thank you for hanging in there. And hopefully we haven't lost anyone along the way. We promise to keep doing our best to keep pumping it out every two weeks. Please, please um, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Just get in touch if you have any comments or concerns. Oh, I forgot to mention Lenny Turtletaub, voiced by the great J.K. Simmons. Oh, shit, I love J.K. Simmons. He's the man. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson himself. Uh, he's so good in Whiplash. So good in Whiplash. Yeah. And you know a lot of Whiplash <laughs> was improvised? Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, well, I'm pretty I sure I read that. Maybe it's the drumming was improvised. No, no, that no. I'm sure a lot of the, like, they had, they knew where the story had to go, and a lot of the scenes themselves were, uh, were improvised, the arguments and stuff, which is why they're so organic. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I could have just made that up, but it's a fun fact either way. I'll probably find out. Uh, I'm not going to look into it. <laughs> um, Zachary, if you're listening, um, make a sequel to the Thor movie so I can not watch another movie you're in. Um, Zachary Ty Bryan, we would love to have you as a guest on this podcast. Oh my god, that okay, that really okay, Zachary. If you're listening, if you can put us in touch with JTT, we'd be really grateful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just found so uh, the abuse and whiplash was wonderful and very politically incorrect. Was any of it improvised? 
The best stuff was already on the page, but I did call Miles a self-righteous little prick on one occasion. So I, I don't think it was improvised. I can't believe it was all improvised, and I knew that, <laughs> and what you've just read is right. Fake news, hashtag ASAP. Hashtag fake news, am I right, ZTB? Am I right? ZTB! ZTB! <laughs> all right. All right well, thanks, thanks, everybody, for listening. For listening. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. And gonna... as always, with our sign-off, <clears throat> goodbye. Wait, 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 wait. We we have to do we have to say our names. Oh yeah, uh, well, that's a good point. I haven't actually said them this whole time, have we? So people who are listening are like, who are these guys? I've been Michael Rappaport. <laughs> I mean, you've been ZTV. No, I'm not ZTV. I don't want to be ZTV. Well, do you know what's real? I never put this together. ZTB JTT. Do you think like he was jealous of the JTT thing? And so he's like trying to do his own ZTB thing? If, to be honest, I think there's a lot of reasons why he's jealous of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> 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 okay, no, we're seriously signing off. I'm Ben Moore. I am... Don't do this. Just say... I'm going to have to start again now. You've, I'm reading this. <laughs> I am... <laughs> Oh Ashton. my gosh, you're, you're worse than ZTB. Every time you interrupt me, Ben. <laughs> I'm Ashton Brown. Bye. Bye.